everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Like-Hearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. Well, how are you growing this week? I bought a book called Devotions, and it's a collection of poems by Mary Oliver. And I love poetry, but I don't usually read a lot of poetry, but it has been mm-hmm. so nice. What What are the like themes of the poems, or are they kind of all over the place? They're a little bit all over the place, but... I keep finding ones that I really like, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll frame a copy of this. And then I'll read farther in and find another one, and I'm like, oh, maybe this one's better. So I think I'm going to have to like tag all the ones I really like and then maybe sort through them. You might end up having like a full gallery wall of these poems in your house. (laughs) Yeah, Mary Oliver poems. Yep, Mary's Hall of Fame. What about you? How are you growing? Um, So I started doing, do you know Yoga by Adrian? Uh, Yes, she's the best. I'm sure you do. I know. She's She's amazing. She's really great. So she did like, you know, she does those like 30 day challenges. Yeah. In January every year, right? Mm -hmm. And so even though it's not January anymore, I just was alerted to it. And um, so I have started her 30 days of yoga. It's like the breathe challenge. And I think today's day seven. I haven't done it yet, but but it's been really nice. I I honestly thrive under a 30 day challenge. That's great. Um, and I'm really enjoying it so far. It's been a good mix of like basics and a little bit of cardio kind of, or like some burn crunches and, and whatnot. So it's been a good mixture of different things. Yeah. She has such a calming presence. Mm -hmm. That's great. She really does. Yeah. And also like, what a great job. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. She gets to teach yoga in front of a camera with her dog. I can't like sit on the floor without Mimi coming over and sitting in front of me. And she's like, oh, did you sit here to pet me? Yeah. It's it's a real battle. <laughs> yeah. Benji seems really chill. Yeah, he is. So uh, shout out to Benji. Adrian, if you want to come on our podcast, talk about growth, we would love to have you. I love it. All right. Should we get into some more relationship questions? We definitely should. So in part two of our episode with the boys, we are going to be asking them some questions and hopefully they give the right answers. We'll see. (laughs) They probably don't, (laughs) but uh, yeah, we're going to give it a shot and also talk some about what we fight about the most and how we resolve conflict. All right, let's hop back into part two. Okay. Well, given that we are a personal growth podcast... Seb, do you want to tell us a little bit about your growth in general? Like what personal growth looks like for you? Sure. Personal growth for me honestly reflects a lot on what Bracey has done for her personal growth because a lot of the things that she's tried to improve on has trickled down to me. So Bracey's research and investigation into the law of attraction, Abraham Hicks, all of the stuff around... uh, Like more spiritual growth. Yeah, more spiritual growth. There was some, uh, I think, questions from me internal to me, not necessarily coming from Bracey of like, hey, maybe you should also look into this for your own good. <laughs> and it turned out it turned out to be just that. So when while Bracey was doing things on her own, uh, I was also getting some feedback from her about things like uh, past life regression and in between lives, meditation and experiences and such, which is something that I then went on to uh to try out and it, it changed my life for sure. 
I feel like what happened was I kind of started slow rolling on some spiritual concepts that I was previously unfamiliar with. And Seb, like, jumped in the deep end. <laughs> yeah. He was like, this feels like a great idea, and I'm going to run at it full force. Yeah. Talking about spleen again. This feels really good. I'm going to do it really, really as much as I can. <laughs> yeah. Commit 110%. Yep. But in that same kind of thought process came the book that Bracey recommended to you, Anna, on this podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. nervous to read it because, yeah, she was like, this changed Seb's life. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that book basically prompted me to try the past life regression meditation mm -hmm. therapy thing, which then prompted a follow-up to do a in-between lives regression. Um, and, and both of those were absolutely life-changing. With the past life regression, I got info and I guess you could say downloads about what farming meant to me and how important it was, not just to me, but also to my personal growth at large. Yeah. And so ever since then, he's been pursuing farming as his end goal for his career. Yes, for sure. Was farming something that you were interested in prior to doing the like past life regression stuff? Yeah, a little bit. So I was always interested in gardening, uh, not necessarily commercial or even small-scale farming, but certainly gardening and keeping – growing your own plants, growing your own uh, fruits and vegetables. But similar to his feelings about me when he met me, one day he walked into – I distinctly remember this. He walked in. I was sitting at our kitchen table, and he said, I'm going to be a farmer. And my first thought was, I'm not a farmer's wife. <laughs> <laughs> But it turns out maybe I am because – and I should have said this at the beginning because it is a big part of you. Um, but he has a shipping container that he's outfitting to be an indoor farm. So on the side, he is pursuing the farming stuff. It's just kind of complicated, unfortunately. You're, you're growing mushrooms, aren't you? That's the that's the plan. Mushrooms Not and – Not psychedelic. No. They're no. just – Gourmet. <laughs> Shiitake, moisture, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's the plan. But that is part of the process that I've been going through. And a weird turn of events came about when I got presented a new corporate job in the farming space. So I'm doing um, – what I'm doing now is what I've been trained and kind of have experience with in the corporate world, managing software and such in the agricultural industry. <laughs> Which <laughs> so is perfect. It is. It yeah. really is. So now I can pursue the farming side, both from a corporate standpoint in terms of a day-to-day -day job, as well as on the side from a long-term vision of me wanting to actually be a farmer myself. The job that you have now, was that something you sought out or was that something that was like brought to you? So funnily enough, it was presented to me. Um, yeah. One of the hiring managers at the company reached out to me over LinkedIn and was asking if I was curious and making a, a job transfer. And when I got the info about what the company was, what they did, where they operated it, and, and their general mission, I was like, this is amazing. I don't think yeah. I could have asked for anything more in line with what I'm looking for, both short-term and long-term. So I think, honestly, this is my – for the foreseeable future, this is, this is my corporate job until I can get my farm up and running, basically, is what I'm thinking. So the universe really is just pushing you towards the farm. Yeah, absolutely. In all the ways. <laughs> uh, every yeah, any way it can is is giving me farming opportunities. So was um 
Bracy's immersion into these new kind of spiritual growth um, mediums. Had you been like introspective and like of any type of mindset of growth prior to that? Or was this really just like the catalyst that like kicked that off? I think it redirected my focus. I was always corporate mindset when it came to growth and it came to career progression, moving up the ladder, earning more either salary, income, position, whatever that may have been. I think this just redirected that into more of a farming focus and doing what felt better or what felt good. But I wouldn't say that you were a big growth person before that. Like you were not a goal setter Mm -hmm. or like a personal improvement person. That was not something that he really focused on at all. Yeah, that's true. So it really, it did. It opened the door to both the personal growth kind of mindset as well as <laughs> just highlighting, I think, the farming element and how important it was to me. Even though I, I, it's like I subconsciously knew it, but I didn't consciously know it. And then this really bridged those two worlds together. I love that story. What about you, Taylor? What's personal growth look like for you? Yeah, I've been pretty torn on how to how to approach this and unveil it. My growth has been centered around uh, just mental health issues that kind of arose end of high school going into college. And so it wasn't personal growth in the sense of like, I want to improve in these areas. It was personal growth and I need to do make these changes to function and live. Um, anxiety has been a huge <laughs> uh, driver of all of my decisions, um, of my actions, things like that. Um, we know all about that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like your your example, Bracy, of when you went with your mom to write a check, and that fear of even though the the stakes are so low, like the worst case scenario is somebody corrects you on how to do it, um, that really hit me to my core of like, oh yeah, that is everything and every decision I've ever made, and to the point where it's you know been paralyzing. Um, you know, for things, even of like things I know that will help me, like asking for help on something. You just Scheduling do doctor's appointments is literally the bane of my existence. Yeah. And that, that speaks to my trend with like on and off with therapists, like finding a new therapist, that, that hurdle is just so high. Um, yeah. I didn't know that anxiety and then accompanying depression, um, I didn't know that those were like at play in high school um, and through part of college. It wasn't until I was sat down with by people close to me in college who suggested that, hey, we think you should get some help. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know that the highest rate of depression is in college freshmen? I mm. believe that. I was depressed my freshman year. That was the most depressed I think I've ever been. And it's because the transition is so hard and you're really not prepared for it. Nobody prepares you for it. So no. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy because it's like, technically you're an adult, even though you've been taken care of your whole life. And then all of a sudden you're just like on your own and you're supposed to just know what to do. And you're in a new place, you're meeting tons of new people or not meeting people like yeah, it's a huge it's transition in a lot of ways. And and that's one of the other kind of bullet points I have for my growth is is just attaining autonomy and some agency over my life. Like yeah, going into college, I was 
I feel like I was on autopilot in high school. Like I was just involved in sports, choir, you know, extracurriculars, everything like that. But it wasn't like ever a conscious thing. It was just like, oh, I'm signed up for this and I go. College was a, that wasn't really like a me decision. That was my parents' decision. And so, yeah, a lot of these things are rooted in this, you know, straight white male privilege that I have of just like, this is what your life is going to look like. Um, And so I also had the luxury of like not having to make those decisions or not having to struggle for them. But finding that like autonomy has been a big part of it because everything before that was just was just autopilot and doing what I was told and not really thinking about it and not really having that introspection. So throughout college and then, you know, post-college, when when I first went to um, a a therapist in college and she started like telling me like, oh, you have like anxiety and depression. I was like, oh, there are words for, (laughs) you know, these things that I'm feeling and, you know, why I'm behaving this certain way. So it's really just been like slowly uncovering those elements. Since then, um, it's it's been just a up and down battle of figuring out how to best manage it. And I never got good at it. <laughs> um, it wasn't until recently that it's it's felt much more manageable. I feel like especially when mental health is a big role in personal growth, it's like you have to survive before you can thrive. So you can't you can't really even think about personal growth as a lot of people think about it until you have a firm foundation in place anyways. That is a fantastic summary of <laughs> what what I think this is what this is about is this this was my personal growth was, you know, survival and then I'm I think I'm entering the the thriving stage. Well, that's um, exciting. Yeah, it is. Thanks for sharing that, Taylor. You guys are so supportive of each Seth, other. That's so sweet. Um, but I think for us, like our big move out to Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon, right? Um, I think that was a a huge catalyst and enabler for the growth that we both wanted individually and collectively as as partners. So I, I think the move um, in tandem with the pandemic and just being, you know, isolated to home, that has been also a, a, a big, another big catalyst for growth, I, th- I think, for both of us. Um, it also was serendipitous, and that's the only, like, positive thing I'll say about this pandemic, was this this opportunity for us to be together a lot. So that was a lot of growth for our relationship, just being constantly together and learning how to navigate, how to better navigate, you know, conflict resolution and things like that. Not that that's super prevalent, but it, it also allowed for an opportunity for, so uh, another thing that I'm, I'm, I'm battling with is, is an eating disorder. And so actually staying home was super big for me in that regard. Um, it removed a lot of the, scenarios in which i would succumb to that um a lot of that was like work stress driven and things like that but having the opportunity to like go through a drive-through but when i'm you know when anna and i are together all the time and cooking meals together it allowed for this opportunity to be able to field that better i wasn't i was no longer in an environment of chaos that really fed that what do you think will happen when you go back to work that is a good question. Um, yeah, we've been, we have developed like plans for, you know, even when I go out to do errands now. And so that's just like whether it's chewing gum on the way or just like calling somebody and 
you know, removing that or just like eating beforehand so that it's less of a temptation. Yeah, it's one of those things where another another area I've I've been trying to learn a lot about habits, which I am just we are all creatures of habit and I'm slowly uncovering <laughs> all these habits that really I'm starting to identify as were survival mechanisms during my most, you know, my worst depressive states is these were the things that I would do. Eating was the eating disorder is probably it might root back further than that, but it, I think it was certainly amplified by depression and stress just as a and anxiety just as a, a means of coping yeah that makes sense uh the only other growth i want to point out just because it's super important to me was um this was this was more of a passive growth but i think it really defined and allowed me to become who i am coming from a the town that i was born in and the people i was surrounded with growing up so music um, from high school choir and then like acapella in college, that was an environment where I was surrounded by people of a lot of different backgrounds. And so that was incredibly important for my personal group. This wasn't, you know, me seeking it out. It was just, I was very fortunate to have that, you know, hobby or whatever. Um, and so being, being exposed to people of various backgrounds and, uh, cultures and all that was super important for who I am today um, and and working towards you know being more understanding and just being a better human being. Fun fact, we try to convince Taylor and Seb to do our intro music because Taylor sings and Seb plays piano, so it could have been great. I it's still on my 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 dream list for this <laughs> podcast. We you can change the intro music at any time, guys. So whenever you're ready. You just let us know. Yeah. So we'll talk offline. <laughs> Sounds good, Taylor. <laughs> All right. Now we have some fun slash so relationship. Fun. <laughs> They're going to be fine. So you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, relationship <laughs> questions for us. Okay. What things do you do that most annoy me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Super fun questions, guys. <laughs> so for me what i know i do even though i don't mean to do it is mm, i have a sure. secret skill that i can walk into the bedroom and bracy is doing something very important to her and i want to talk to her and yet i'm interrupting <laughs> and i have a skill of finding the time to do it right mm-hmm. when she's starting to really focus in on something literally every time i don't know how i do it and honestly, most of the time, it's when I'm editing this podcast. It's like as soon as I put my <laughs> headphones on to edit, he walks in the yeah. door. As soon as you're ready, you're focused. Mm-hmm. He knows. Okay, so I don't know if this is a redhead thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I also have this secret skill where I, every time that I, like, we'll just be hanging out, whatever, like, maybe not directly interacting. And the second that I want his attention, Taylor will be like, how did you know I was just about to get up and go to the bathroom? <laughs> like, he says this probably at least once a day. Wow. <laughs> as soon as I want his attention, he's like, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> is that on Taylor or is that on you? I don't I don't know how that plays it out. It speaks to both of us, I think. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even the thing that I was thinking. What I was thinking was, I feel like... The thing that you do that annoys me the most is when you take forever to do something. Oh, 
forever. <laughs> yes, that I understand. And he has this ability to like, whenever dinner is ready, he occupies himself for like 10 minutes with other things. And I'm sitting at the table like, I'm ready to eat now. And I don't know what you're doing, but it's time to eat. Will you not start eating until he gets there? I used to, and I prefer to because I it's ingrained in me from childhood that you wait mm-hmm. till everybody's at the table to start eating. But he just like finds something else to do when it's time to eat. So what do you what what's going through your mind when that's happening? You're like, okay, it's time to eat. I need to take the trash out, or maybe do a little kitchen cleanup. <laughs> so the other night he was peeling and deveining shrimp, and it took him forever. That's fair, but it was very thorough. Yeah, but it's just like, it's things that would take a normal person like 10 minutes take him like 30. It's the it's the one in me. Yeah, are you like trying to make it perfect? Okay. But sometimes I'm just hungry and I want the shrimp. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't follow through on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about you guys? So, yeah, that say I'll do something and don't follow through. Um. But, like, what's the most, like, annoying thing you do? Eat cheese when I know I'm lactose intolerant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's up there. (laughs) I think the thing that I do that annoys Taylor the most is leaving my clothes on the floor. Which is interesting because, like, yeah, she'll just leave whatever her night outfit was on the bathroom floor, just kind of in the middle of it. And scattered and other clothes scattered around the house. <laughs> I'm definitely a clothes lever, but I put them in piles so it's less annoying for Seb. Hopefully. This but those scattered. piles do grow. They do grow. No, That's it's true. pretty much contained to the bedroom for us. Yeah, it knows no bounds here. <laughs> <laughs> Our apartment is small. The thing that I do that I think annoys Seb the most is like not following through on little like domestic routines. Like I, if I leave a cabinet open in the kitchen, he hates that. Or mm-hmm. if I don't change the toilet paper roll, just little things like that, that I don't follow through on that are like, I'm doing it quote unquote the wrong way. Or gotcha. in my brain, it takes like 10 seconds to complete. Do y'all have differing philosophies on how to load the dishwasher? A little bit, but not enough to cause animosity. I think. Right. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Same here. <laughs> we've, we've never thought about, never thought about that. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about it? I remember one time Taylor was like, he like made this big thing about the way that it needed to be done. And I was like, you almost never load the dishwasher. And now you're going to come over here and have this big opinion about like how it has to be done. That, but he was good. He it... just laughed a lot about it. He's like, yeah, that is weird that <laughs> I'm doing that. Well, that's, that's usually how I am about things. I'll have some strong opinion about it, but not actually do that thing to warrant such a strong opinion about it. Well, speaking of fights, what do you guys fight about most often? Miscommunication. AKA the dishwasher. <laughs> yes, that's what we're going to start calling it. <laughs> when we miscommunicate, we're going to start calling it the dishwasher. A, a sizable chunk of some of our tiffs are when you say this, I heard this. Mm-hmm. That's a great and, communication strategy, though, just to say it that way. Yeah. And when and we, a- like, get to the resolution part, that is how we talk about it. But in the moment, that isn't how it is. Yeah. <laughs> 
it ranges from like it being just like a subtle like one word was delivered a certain way that maybe sounded you know sassy or something to some sometimes when she says oh when you say this i hear this i'm it's so different from my it's it's intent versus impact right uh, it's so at odds with what my intent was that i'm like oh well, yeah of course there there's a disagreement happening because we're operating in different you know truths of what happened um yeah. and so it's it's usually it just it takes reconciling that and getting on the same page and then working through it i think one of our favorite quotes from john gottman who said like it's you it's you and your partner against the problem not you and your partner against each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's a good one how do you guys resolve your conflict we usually i think each of us needs a little time to process when like if an event happens whether yeah. it's one like the other knows about or not uh, um we do better when we take time to process it for a little bit to help remove the overwhelmingly emotional thinking about it and get to a more logical place yeah um, i think both for both of us defensiveness is like the first reaction for both of us. And so I used to also think that I wanted us to like get rid of that processing time. Like I wanted to get to a space where we didn't need that and we could just like have an exchange that one of us didn't feel good about or both of us didn't feel good about and then resolve it immediately. And I don't know why I like wanted that so badly because now I'm kind of like, I don't think that's necessary. And so I think I was like fighting a against like how I just naturally am because I, it it seemed healthier in quotes Mm -hmm. to me to just resolve things quickly. And that also is not how I was raised. So I think we're both also learning a lot about how to even have a conflict and how to resolve it. Like that is, has been such a growing process for both of us. Yeah. We're both incredibly conflict avoidant. Aren't Um, we all though? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But in this case, yeah, I think it's, it's, we're learning to like crawl and then walk and then run. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I think that we have a good baseline or foundation for it. I don't think we handle conflict super poorly, but yeah, we had a, we had a tiff this past week where it was something that she had kind of mulled over for a couple of days and then like delivered the information to me. And she was like, do you want to like take time? to process it or do you want to talk about it now knowing that we would just be sitting in this weird space until it was like dealt with um we decided to talk about it now and it it wasn't smooth by any means but i think it was like (laughs) i think it was i think it was maybe insightful for you because it was kind of just stream of consciousness for me on how i was processing it yeah um too so you you got some you got to look at how how i was going to process that we went back and said hey do you want to like restart this and when we did it that way it was much better much more manageable and we like got to the crux of the issue and we're able to like come away with it with hey this is and then anna asked the right question of like what did you like come away that you learned about me and yourself and vice versa which i think was a good reflection exercise yeah in the same way that you guys operate in the same mindset and kind of way for both mm-hmm. taking time i need time and bracy doesn't need time mm. so it provides a little bit of its own little self 
miniaturized conflict while I'm trying to process. And she's like, I need to talk about it right now. Because I'm yeah. stewing in my feelings. Yeah. And I'm still trying to think about my feelings. Yeah. And I can't not think about and like struggle with what I'm feeling. I can't compartmentalize that at all. Mm-hmm. I, I just sit in it. Yeah. So. so it's like a conflict inside of a whatever the other conflict yeah, the larger. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bracey, will that just persist until it's addressed for you? Yes. And it's very uncomfortable. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine. So, I think, I don't think we have this, like, down perfect, but he knows that I need him to address it as soon as possible. And I do sometimes push him, I think, a little bit on, like, what he would be comfortable with taking time for. So, we've found, like, a little bit of a happy medium. That's good. Yeah, like a compromise. All right. That's I mean you're you're compromising in the conflict immediately. So starting out on a good fit. What would you say y'all like fight about the most often? I think we're really lucky because Seb and I just naturally get along so well and we almost never fight truly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like I'm very very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. As we've been married, I think the thing that we've generally fought about most is expectations. So in my brain when we were dating, dating was very straightforward. We would go out on dates. We would go places. We would do things. But then once we got married, it was like the dating is over in my brain. Well, it also, I think it changed a little bit when we moved in together, which was before we got married. Because when you live together, there's like not as much incentive to go do things together, you know? Yeah. yeah. You're just so, always together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That is true. That is very true. So, and it especially got um, ingrained in my mind, I think, when we got married for what relationship was supposed to be and so Bracey had to basically sit me down and talk through that we still need to go on dates and it's interesting for me to hear him talk about this because he is such a detail person because to me the the conflict is not just about dates it's about like romance and intention and a relationship but like I had to narrow it down to specifics for him to say Mm -hmm. like I need you to put some effort in here. And the way that that effort is put in is by organizing dates and like making special time. Yeah. Yeah. So as part of our married life now, Bracey came up with the idea, either you found it online or came up with it on your, on your own. But we have a date jar where we sat down and created little date ideas. So whenever we, mostly me, need a date idea, <laughs> I can go to the jar or we could do it together as kind of like a joint uh, effort to to plan our next date. And we have all sorts of things from like craft night, which is what we just did uh, a couple weeks ago. What did you think? We, uh, we both did a coloring uh, book. A coloring book. Yeah. That's cute. Uh, and so it could be a fancy dinner out. It could be a picnic out in the park. We've had to take some, I think, uh, social distancing precautions because of COVID, which is also limiting what we can do and can't do. Cause my, my go-to was going out to dinner. Which to, was totally fine with me. Cause I love going out to dinner. Yeah. But that did get taken away. So. Yeah. So it was a, a bit of a challenge to figure out. All right. So what do I do now? <laughs> yeah. Well, on a little lighter note, what are the little things that your partner does that you appreciate? Um, this one just popped up for me actually. So, Speaking of appreciation, an exercise that Anna found is is doing like nightly appreciations. So just sitting down and saying, "Hey, I I appreciate this thing that you 
you know, did earlier in the day. I think you've covered this before. She helps really keep us on track. Um, if we've like fallen off and haven't done it in a couple of days, um, she's really good about getting us back on track on that. So that's something I really appreciate because I think it's been immeasurably, you know, beneficial for us. <laughs> Sometimes too, if we're both really tired, we'll just be like, I just appreciate you so much today. <laughs> <laughs> and just like everything you did, I just appreciate you just as a human. You're so great. <laughs> like, we're like, all right, let's go to bed. I'm really tired. <laughs> My brain isn't working. I think this is just kind of, this spills over to any relationship Anna has, but she has so much empathy and, and is just so understanding. So obviously that consistently throughout our time together, it's hard not to appreciate. I, I get super excited about things all over the place. Um, and, and I'm not really like consistent on like, I'll get really excited about something for like a month and then it'll fall off. Um, without fail, Anna will with like kind of, you know, tempered enthusiasm <laughs> in it, but she will be supportive in it. Not in a way like she does it in a, in a very tactful way. That's like, Hey, like I'm excited about this for you too. Like that's, that's awesome. But she doesn't like spin it out of control for me by being like, Oh hell yeah. Like do that. Whatever. What about you, Anna? Um, I feel like mine are all like more like specific things, but, um, anytime he goes across the street to the grocery store to get something, he always brings me a Coke zero. That's nice. So nice. Um, he, will give me a massage literally anytime I ask, which is so frequently. (laughs) That is a real treat. It really is. It's great. Cause, Mm -hmm. and I care. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think he loves it, but he will always do it. (laughs) I think too, when I get home from my part-time job, like he always makes sure that the house or our, not our house, our apartment is like in good shape. Cause it's hard for me to relax if it's not. So I appreciate that. He's just really thoughtful. I love thoughtfulness and just got it in spades, babe. Yeah. What about you guys? Seb? Um, Yeah, I've got a few small ones. So now that I work from home pretty much all the time, Mm -hmm. um, I get pretty ingrained in work from a day-to-day time. And there could be, I don't know, five to six hours where I just don't move. And it can be a lot. So every now and then, Bracey will pop in. And be like, hey, how are you doing? Say hi. Come give me a little kiss. And then she's, you know, off back doing her own thing. But just the reminder that uh, she's here and she's around, given my, mm-hmm. like, physical touch kind of th- kind of deal, yeah. it helps to provide a grounding, stabilizing presence, which will then just kind of make sure the rest of the workday goes all right. Yeah. It's so like a nice little check-in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then I try to do the same when I have little breaks. In between meetings and such. And that's usually when I find out that I'm really good at interrupting her. <laughs> I was going to say, you find the time that she is going to work yeah. on stuff. And... Gotcha. So that's like a daily thing. Broadly, I've been really appreciative of the way that she's addressed and approached all of her personal growth stuff. I mean, it relates back to what I was talking about earlier, where her personal growth has directly impacted my personal growth in positive ways. So I'm very, very, very grateful for that, simply because I think it's drastically changed my trajectory in life because of the stuff she's done. Yeah. I'm uh, not going to cry. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's 
She's not crying yet, but <laughs> maybe maybe I can get her. Hang That's on. <laughs> then I'm also very appreciative uh, for all of the general support that she gives. I know I give her support for what she's pursuing. Um, but I'm also for all the discussions that we're able to have, all the human design stuff we're able to talk about, all the projects we talk about and like the general ideation around that for like good and bad ideas of ways to approach things. Or if we want to do things, Mm -hmm. there's some healthy, uh, debate with that, which always leads to, I think a more well-rounded project in the end. I think our thought processes complement each other really well. Especially when it comes to like home improvement projects. For sure. Yep. So very appreciative of that. Because I think that means the the projects we take on and the ways that we approach those projects are just all that much better. And they turn out so much better than each of us could have done individually. So cute. Yeah, that's really good. I don't (laughs) think mine's going to be that good. I don't know. I mean, what I was going to say is that I'm just very grateful for how generally supportive Seb is, but the small things that he does, like make sure that I have water in my water bottle or take the dishes away when I'm done eating or makes you kombucha. Yeah. Yeah. He makes (laughs) kombucha and he's always excited to make it and he usually drinks almost none of it. So he, there's a lot of like little things that he could absolutely just not do. And I would end up doing them myself, but he does them for me. And I'm, I'm really grateful for those little things. Cute. That's sweet. We've got a couple of quick fire questions for you guys. So we're going to go through these and we'll alternate who starts. All right. Okay, guys, these are quick fire. So not a lot of thinking, not a long answer. Yeah. Quick fire. All right. Taylor, who said I love you first? I did. Well, Outside of that. <laughs> Technically, it was me, but. <laughs> did it really count? Yeah. I did. I did, too. Wow, you guys. Peace in a pod. Um, all right, Seb, when and where was your first kiss with Bracey? It was outside of her house she was renting after our second date. Mountain house. Taylor, what is Anna's favorite TV show? Uh, Dawson's OC. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I think Hi. the real answer is that I don't actually have a favorite TV show. There's a lot of TV shows that, that I love. That's why it was hard. But any mm. type of like coming of age show. Yeah. Period. I'm pretty sure it's Gilmore Girls. You would be correct. I was like Outlanders maybe a second for you, Bracey. Yeah, it's pretty close. But I mean, that's Gilmore also- Girls the OG. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Seb, what is Bracey's favorite candy? Special Dark Hershey's. I Yeah. I feel like I don't really have one, but I like any chocolate, and mm-hmm. Special Dark is really good. So, okay. White chocolate Kit Kats, where she'll eat the outside <laughs> layer of chocolate and then slowly what? dismantle the inner layers. That's true. The Anna, Halloween, the Halloween Kit Kats. They're so like, good. That's like a psychopath. You're an animal. <laughs> also, I still just can't get over the fact that you like white chocolate best. Oh, it's so good. Whatever's sweetest. Yeah. Taylor, which of you finishes their meals first? Me. Not even close. Probably Bracey. Yeah, because you take 12 hours to do anything, <laughs> including cutting spaghetti up. Hence, probably Bracey. <laughs> um, Seb, how does Bracey take her coffee or tea? 
She likes English breakfast tea with four packets of Splenda per cup or three. Oh, three. three. Oh, so close. With as much synthetic sugar as you can put <laughs> into it. So I haven't gotten your Starbucks order in a while, but it's is a white chocolate. No, caramel macchiato with extra caramel drizzle. <laughs> yeah. With but injected I also like white the, chocolate? Yeah, basically. But I also get the white chocolate mocha a good bit. I, that's what I've been having more recently. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. drink your coffee at home? With a lot of creamer in it. <laughs> so you, do you actually like coffee? Or is the coffee a mode through transportation to I would, have the I could. I would never drink black coffee. Mm. Do you need the caffeine? Is that why you drink the coffee? Or just because you like the ritual of drinking the coffee? I like the ritual. Same. All right, last one. Taylor, if money were no object, where would you two live together? Costa Rica. <laughs> like how you answered question? that with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But like other things have popped up recently, like Paris or you know maybe Tokyo or something. If money were no object. Yeah. On our side, I'm pretty sure it's Paris, Italy, or Greece, somewhere in Europe. Oh my gosh, wait, should we move to Paris together? <laughs> I speak a little French. Oui, oui. I mean, I'm surprised you said that, because I think that even if money were no object, we wouldn't move to Europe. We would stay here. Why? I, I was torn between, like, well, is this, like, long term or, like, just for, like, a few years? Because that's more in my mind. Mindset of, like, we would just live abroad for a few years. Long term, we haven't decided where in the U.S. We talked about when we were on Sub's 30th birthday trip to Charlottesville, to the wineries, we talked about just buying a mountain in Charlottesville. That's true. Buying a whole mountain? Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then putting a winery on it. Yeah. Wait, can you do that? Can you buy mountains? I mean, sure. I mean, yeah. I if you up, have enough money, you can yeah. buy whatever you want. If money's no object. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. And I looked up some land prices, and you can. They, they had mountains for sale. How much were they? Millions. Millions of okay. dollars. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, it was like well, you, 200 acres, but yeah, millions of dollars. If yes. you had gotten in on GameStop, so I know. then mm-hmm. you could have bought that mountain. Oh my God. Strong hands. <laughs> Next yeah. time. Yeah, so I just thought... We could travel. If money were no objects, we could we could just travel and then buy a mountain in Charlottesville and keep our house here. I still feel like if we travel to Greece, we'd want to live in Greece. Maybe. It's possible. Yeah. I feel like I'm when you read that question, I was like, oh, I feel like we would just go like live in a bunch of different places for like a year at a time or something and yeah, just be all over the place. Every time I go to Europe, I enjoy myself, but I'm always ready <laughs> to come home. Yeah. I like having a home base, especially one mm-hmm. where they speak English. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Okay. All right. Well, guys, fellas, thank you so much for uh, humoring us and coming on an episode and talking about being so open and vulnerable, really. It was a treat. Happy to do it. And I I think I speak for Seb when I say we're immeasurably proud of y'all for the effort you put into this and the the how you've opened yourselves up to, you know, this anonymous audience and even your friends and family. I think that takes a lot of courage. Keep doing what you're doing. That was so sweet. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much. All right. Well, if you want to send us an email, you can email us at likeheartedpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram at likeheartedpod. Talk to you next week. Thanks, y'all.